Thank you for tuning in to RTM Nation Online, where we believe that you will receive the abundance of peace, prosperity, security, stability, health, healing, and truth. If you would like to learn more about the ministry, click the link below. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Now let's get into the message. God, I thank you for each and every person here. I thank you that we appreciate your, you giving us the opportunity to enjoy this day, and we will rejoice, and we will definitely be glad in it. I pray that you give me your inner wisdom to speak life into each and every person. We never take this opportunity we have to come and minister together for granted. I pray that everybody under the sound of my voice will get something out of the message today that they can use, that they can use and make their lives better. God, not just years from now or months from now or weeks from now, not even days from now, but they will be able to use what is ministered here today and make their lives better immediately. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen. Loved ones, what is a hero? And you know we're talking about hero, H-E-A-R. Put a dash in there, O. Hero. What is a hero? A hero is a person that has committed their life to a simple three-step process. Step one, they hear from God. Not just hear from God, though, family, hear from God with a listening ear. There's a big difference between simply letting sound hit your eardrum and actually listening. When you are listening, you've made the determination that you are going to receive information through your ear with the intent to do what it is whatever that person is communicating to you is asking you to do. You, at a minimum, are looking to make sure you comprehend what's being said. You're not just letting chatter hit your eardrums and just blanking it out. Step one, they hear from God. Step two, they do what God tells them to do. Pastor, what's the third step? Step three, return to step one. A hero is someone that's committed their life to hearing from God, then doing what God says, and then doing it all over again. They are committing themselves to say, God, everything I have and everything that I am, I'm going to give it to you. What does that mean? It means if God says go, they go. If God says speak, they speak. And notice this. Not every action is evident. Not every action is obvious and apparent. What I'm getting at, family, is that when it comes to a hero, sometimes inactivity is the action. Sometimes inactivity is the action. When you think about it, God can tell you to refrain from doing something. God can tell a hero to stand down, be still, be quiet, sit back and watch me work. When it comes to being a hero, both their action and inaction is their action. Say this with me. A hero, a hero places, places their, entire life their entire life in a, in a 
and all that they own, and all that they own in, God's hands. in God's hands. A hero, both their action and inaction, both what they do and don't do, both what they say and don't say, all results from them putting their life and everything that they have in God's hands. They're telling God, God, I'm yours. God, I am the, I am the clay. You are the potter. Make of me what you will. God, I am your hero. I will hear and I will do. To put it simply, in simple terms, the word hero communicates, I hear and I do. It doesn't get any plainer than that. In talking about hearing and doing, when a person has made that type of commitment, you don't have to worry about or ask them, what are you doing right now? Why? Because you know. What are they doing right now? They're hearing and they're doing. What did they do yesterday? They heard and did. What will they be doing tomorrow? That's an easy question to answer. When you see them tomorrow, they will be hearing and doing because that's what heroes do go to John chapter 5 King James Version verse 30 hearing and doing was Jesus' mantra he lived his he lived a life of hearing and doing Verse 30 says, this is Jesus. I can of my own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me. Listen to that in the voice version of the Bible. I have not ever acted and will not in the future act on my own. I listen to the directions of the one who sent me and act on these divine instructions. For this reason, my judgment is always fair and never self-serving. I am committed to pursuing God's agenda and not my own. Heroes. Someone committed to pursuing God's agenda and not their own. Go to Matthew 7, NIV Bible. Why be a hero? Well, I should put that on the screen for you. Why be a hero? Well, one of the main reasons for hearing from God and doing what he says is to put ourselves in a position of stability. Matthew 7, NIV, starting in verse 24, Jesus says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on a rock. Anybody want to have their foundation here on a rock? Yes. Stability is the name of the game. Hearing and doing, 
being in God's will, stability is the result. Because it had its foundation on a rock, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it, and it fell with a great crash. So hearing and doing, family, is something that we are to be doing. But guess what? You know we need to be careful because others will distract us from hearing and doing. When you are hearing and doing, you are going to have naysayers that try to convince you that God has forsaken you. The devil always likes the opportunity to take what seems like a negative outcome and tell you that God has abandoned you. The outcome does not determine whether or not God is still there. God is still there whether it's day or night. Rain or shine, you're up or down, lost or found. It doesn't matter. Your God is always there. Remember, Jehovah Rohi is his name. Look at Matthew 28, Message Bible, verse 16 through 20. Meanwhile, the 11 disciples were on their way to Galilee, headed from the mountain, Jesus had set for their reunion. The moment they saw him, they worshiped. They worshiped him. Look at this part. Some, though, held back. Do you see that? There were some that worshiped him. Some, though, held back, not sure about worship, about risking themselves totally. In other words, some believed and some did not. Verse 18, Jesus, undeterred, went right ahead and gave his charge. God authorized and command me to commission you. Jesus, undeterred. Jesus, not moved by the fact that they don't believe. Jesus, not putting halt to God's authorization and command because some people didn't believe. He was the resurrected Christ. When God gives you a word or he gives you instructions, not necessarily everybody will be on board. In fact, the odds are that not everybody will be. But that's okay. It wasn't necessarily God's intention for you to try to convince anybody. Perhaps God didn't tell them. You don't know, but that's not your mystery to figure out. All you know is what God told you to do. And let me be completely upfront with you. I am not saying that what God tells you automatically excludes others. God may very well want other people to be connected and involved with what he's doing. He may want them to be an active participant. They may actually be one of those 
important parts of the equation. Let me tell you, though, when you reach out to those other people and you start explaining to them what God has told you to tell them, you be careful if all of a sudden they begin to feel or act unsure. You be careful when they start to waver. You be careful when you know what God has told you to do and they keep trying to get you to put a little hold up. Wait a minute on the plan that God has put in your heart. You be careful when you're trying to dispense what it is God has for them and everything comes out of, that comes out of their mouth is doubt and unbelief. When you are to that point, family, what you do is you simply let them know what God has said to you and you keep it moving. You move forward on what God has told you to do. And you know what? To the extent they want to finally turn around and catch up with you, they'll light a fire under their own self and run you down and try to get back on the train. You don't hold up the train for someone else that's waiting in doubt and unbelief. Turn to 1 Kings chapter 19. If those people want to get involved, they'll catch up. In this chapter, God has told the prophet Elijah to go and anoint Elisha as his successor, the next prophet in line. Notice what happens when Elijah goes and anoints Elisha. 1 Kings 19, NIV Bible, starting in verse 19. So Elijah went from there and found Elisha, son of Saphat. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him, Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, he said, and then I will come with you. Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you? What have I done to you? I've given you God's call, and now for some reason you wanted to put something in the middle, some hold up, wait a minute. What have I done to you? So Elisha left him. And went back. He took his yoke of auction and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people and they ate. Then he set out to follow Elijah and became his servant. So you see, Elijah anointed him and then he moved on. It was up to Elisha to make sure he did what was necessary to catch up and get back into the plan of God for his life. Go back to Matthew. Matthew 28, Message Bible, verse 18, where we had Jesus being undeterred. Picking up there, Jesus, undeterred, went right ahead and gave his charge. God authorized and command me to commission you. Go out and train everyone you meet far and near in this way of life, marking them by baptism in the threefold name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
Then instruct them in the practice of all I have commanded you. I'll be with you as you do this day after day after day, right up to the end of the age. So in other words, Jesus gave them the commission, go and duplicate yourself. In other words, go make heroes just like yourself. Say this with me. I'm a hero. Now, a path, the path of a hero, loved ones, is not always smooth. Opposition shall come. And as a hero, you can't allow anyone, including yourself, to get you off of what God has said to do. You can't allow any situation to move you off of what God has told you to do. Remember, you are a hero. What you do is you hear and you do. In particular, there can be instances where you know down deep in your heart what God has told you to do, but doggone it, you just don't see the result that you are expecting to see. Don't let that move you. You keep your faith locked on God, I want to see your result happen, not my result. It could very well be that the result that we are looking for is not the result God has in mind. We can also have the same result in mind that God has in mind, but the timing is different. Regardless, a hero's thought process is God I want to see your will done. Go to Numbers 23. Numbers 23, NIV Bible, verse 19. If God said it, it will produce the desired result. If God said it, it will come to pass. If God said it, just look for it. Keep your eyes on it. It's going to show up. Numbers 23, verse 19, NIV. God is not human that he should lie, not a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? I have received a command to bless. He has blessed and I cannot change it. Look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. What is that NIV Bible? What does that have to do with us? NIV Bible, Ephesians 1, 3 says, Praise be to God and to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So you have already been blessed. Yes. Knowing that God has already blessed you in Christ, you need to know that God is not a man that he should lie. If he says you are blessed, you are blessed. It cannot be reversed. Nobody can change that. Amen. Go to Habakkuk 2. Habakkuk chapter 2, starting in verse 2, King James Version, talking about when God has spoken a word, talking about the assurance that God's spoken word will come to pass. It reads, and the Lord answered me and said, write the vision, make it plain upon tables that he may run it that readeth it. 
For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. The, the voice version of the Bible says, I have appointed a time, and even if there is a delay, it will come without delay. I looked at that and I said, God, what you talking about? Because you say, though it tarries, so if it tarries, wait for it. But then you say it won't tarry. Mm -hmm. What is this, some kind of Dr. Seuss thing you working here? Though it tarry, wait for it, it will not tarry. He said, though it tarry in your mind. Though the timing is off in your mind. Though it's taking too long in your mind. Though you don't see it in your mind. Don't worry about that because on my time, it's going to show up right on time. Though it tarry, wait for it because although you think it tarry, although you think it delay, realize it's nothing wrong with it. My timing is perfect. You have to know that you want to keep your faith because if God said it, you need to lock in on it. Turn to Philippians chapter 1. Now, in a minute, I'm going to have Pastor Shalita tell you what God has told her about heroes. But for now, King James Version. 1 Corinthians 6. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Why do I read that? You know, sometimes God will speak a word to you and people will always want to take that word and point it towards doing something. But sometimes God's word that he spoke to you has to do with improvements he wants to make in you. So when God wants to make an improvement in you, you need to know that the God that spoke a word is well able of carrying out in you everything that he has said that he's going to carry out in you. The voice version of the Bible says, Philippians 1 and 6, I am confident that the creator who has begun such a great work among you will not stop in mid-design, but he will keep perfecting you until the day of Jesus Christ, the anointed. God won't stop mid-design. What God said he's going to do in you, he will do in you. What kind of things can God do in you? You know how you used to react with anger? Just keep hearing and doing. God's still at work in you. You know how you used to speak without compassion? You just keep hearing and doing. God is still doing a good work in you. You know how you used to want to quit so soon? You keep hearing and doing. God is working out a good work in you. You know how you used to lack confidence? Just keep hearing and doing. God is working out a good work in you. Your job is to hear and do and then step back and let God be God. Step back and let God do his job. Step back and let God do his job. Because you know what? 
God's real good at his job. God's real good at his job. I almost dropped it. How many believers we have in here? As believers, we should be steadfast and unmovable. We should be so focused on him that we should be looking to him to lead our day and not as an interruption to our day. Amen. Let's turn to Mark 135 in the New Living Translation. It says, before daybreak, the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Now let's go to Psalm 5 and 3, also in the New Living Translation. It says, listen to my voice in the morning. <laughs> listen to my voice in the morning, Lord. Each morning, I bring my request to you and wait expectantly. We should be bringing our request to God in the morning, and we should be waiting expectantly. That means when we go to God with our request and we're waiting, we know that we're going to have whatever we're asking of him. He is the one that will lead and guide us. But we got to be focused on him. We can't be focused on what we need to do today. We got to do laundry. We got to go to work. We got to do this. We got to do. We got to be focused on God because if we're waiting expectantly to hear from him to lead and guide us on our day. Amen. So God expects me to do what he tells me to do concerning every area of my life. He sends us out, believers, to set the atmosphere wherever he tells us to go. We should be expecting when we show up, change takes place. Because he sent us, because we seek them early in the morning. And we waited expectantly to walk into our purpose. Amen. Pastor Benjamin read the scripture, Matthew 7 and 24. I'm just giving it to you again, and I'm going to read that also. It says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follow and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. So when God tells us to do something, we waited expectantly, we heard, and we went to do. But we stay focused. We have to stay focused because distractions will come. And they will come early. And that is why God wants us to get up early to seek him to hear from him, to get our instructions for the day. Turn to Hebrews 13, 5 through 6, and that's going to be in the New King James Version. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6 in the New King James Version. And that reads, let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Verse 6 says, so we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. 
I will not fear what man can do to me. So while we're going out, we're focused, we're setting the atmosphere, we ain't scared of nothing. Because we done heard from God, and he said he with us. He's not going to leave us. We don't have anything to do but what he told us to do. We're here and do, and God is going to bring it to pass. Amen? Um, being frustrated is being out of the presence of God. We have to spend more time talking to him and less time talking about them. If, when believers are operating in their purpose, we are a force to be reckoned with. There's nothing that anyone can do to us. Y'all remember David when he was walking in his purpose? He defeated Goliath. Remember Daniel in the lion's den? He was chilling because he was walking to his purpose. He had heard from God. He wasn't, he wasn't moved by anything by the lions. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were walking in their purpose. No matter what the king said, they did what God said. And they didn't move off of it. And when they came out their furnace, they didn't smell like smoke. They, smelled, they didn't smell like they had been through anything. When we dismiss the small things that God says, we compromise the entire path that God has put us on. And we allow the enemy to build up strongholds against us. They're spiritual strongholds. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5 in the New King James Version. God is always talking to us. He doesn't talk at us. He talks to us. We stay focused on him. We're going to hear from him all day, every day, concerning every area of our lives. So just because you think something is small, just remember, God is meeting all of us where we're at. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5 in the New King James Version reads, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. As believers, we don't and we should not fight fair. The enemy shows up to a fight alone. We show up with the triplets. Favor has already gone before us. Then we have goodness and mercy surrounding us like a shield. So when we show up with the triplets, He's already defeated because favor is already there, already set the atmosphere. All we have to do is show up. We are the ones that are victorious. Amen. Let's turn to Psalm 23 and 6. I'm going to show y'all that. In the New King James Version. It says, Good, Surely goodness and mercy, the twins, shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Also, Psalm 5, 
and 12, New King James Version also. For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. With favor, you will surround him as with a shield. We ne we're never alone. Never. You have favor that goes before you. You have a shield around you. Goodness and mercy. All we're doing is walking out our purpose, staying focused on God, listening to what he says, and doing exactly what he says. We will always pursue what is a priority to us. And God should always be our priority, always. When we hear what God tells us to do and we do what he says do, we have the victory. We don't have to think about it. We don't have to be concerned about it. We don't have to prepare ourselves for it. Because if he told us to go, he's already prepared us. He's already equipped us with everything that we need. All we have to do is stay focused on him, hear, do, and everything is all good. Amen. Let's turn to Isaiah 61 and 7 in the New Living Translation. We have the victory, so everything that the enemy, everything that I think the enemy stole from me, I'm claiming it. No one can take it from me because it's mine already. Isaiah 61 and 7 in the New Living Translation reads, Instead of shame and dishonor, you will enjoy a double share of honor. You will possess a double portion of prosperity in your land, and everlasting joy will be yours. A double portion. Everything we can, any, we can think, imagine, and believe, everything God always magnifies it. He always magnifies it. When soldiers are getting ready to go get deployed, go to fight a war, they have a commanding officers that they have to hear from, right? They give them the instructions, what they're going to do, where they're going, how they're going to fight. If there's any distraction that comes that's not pertaining to that mission, then the soldiers could cause them, it could cause them their lives and the lives of others. If they don't hear and they don't do exactly as the commander chief tells them to do. That's the same way with believers. If we are getting distracted and not keeping our focus on God and what he's telling us to do, it can cost us our lives and it can cost the lives of others. We have to stay rooted and grounded, be unmovable, unshakable, unbreakable. When God tells us to do something, the confidence is we, we're vessels. It's his mission. It's his assignment. It's his word. It's his thoughts. It's his beliefs. We're only doing what he told us to do. We are being used, I say, as believers in a mighty way for a mighty God to do mighty works, to bring him mighty glory. John 10, uh, 27, New King James Version. The way that we're gonna, we are able to stay focused and hear from God is if we have a relationship with him. We have to nurture the relationship. Miss Janice can call me. 
I don't have to have caller ID because I know her voice because I spend time with her. If someone else called me, I need I might not answer or it's unknown because I don't I don't recognize their voice. They have to tell me who they are. But God in, in John 10 and 27, God says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. As believers, that's who we that's who we follow. We know his voice and he know ours. We don't have to go to God and say, hey, this Shalita, he knows my voice. He knows who I am. He chose me. He created me. He developed me. He gave me everything that I need to walk this life out. And he told me to enjoy it. And I'm having fun and I'm enjoying life. But I'm still focused on what God told me to do. Joshua 1, 7 through 9 in the New Living Translation. God is so good to us. If you went on your job and they told you to complete a task, you didn't feel like completing the task because they didn't give you no instructions. So when you did the task, they fired you because you didn't do the task the way they didn't tell you to do the task. You understand? You, you didn't get the instructions. See, our God don't leave us hanging like that. He gives us the instructions, and he prepares us to do it. All we have to do is hear and do. Amen? Joshua 1, 7 through 9 reads, Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instructions continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Isn't that good news? We're going to hear from Pastor Mike. He's going to share with us what God has been telling him concerning heroes. But always seek God in everything you do. Amen. Amen. Well, God's favorite son is now speaking to God's favorite sons and daughters. What he shared with me is, concerning heroes what happens when I don't believe what happens when God I believed you before things didn't turn out things happened in my family not the way that I wanted it wanted it to happen what do I do God's word to you is it's okay for you to trust me again. When we first get born again, or especially when I first got born again, I was excited. I was happy. Everything that I saw in the word, I believed it. 
I'm studying and I'm, I'm talking to people and different things like that. And they're like, well, you know, it's talking to a little bit more seasoned Christian, seasoned believers. Oh, yeah, he a new Christian. He young in the Lord, you know. And some of the things is like, well, he'll get some understanding of what things are really like. Basically, what they're saying is you'll move away from the Bible and you'll deal with traditions. You'll listen to other people. You'll stop believing everything that God has actually said in his word. And that's when the problems come. That's when the disappointments come. That's when the setback comes. God is, God is telling us, I'm that same God. I'm that same God that you first put your trust in. I am him. You can still trust me. Or in this case, you can put your, you can put your trust in me again. If you would turn to Galatians chapter 3, verses 2 through 6 in the message. says, let me put this question to you. How did your new life begin? Was it by working your heads off to please God? Or was it by responding to God's message to you? Are you going to continue to, uh, are you going to continue this craziness? For only crazy people would think they could complete by their own efforts what was begun by God, if you were smart enough or strong enough to begin it, how do you suppose you could perfect it? Did you go through this whole painful learning process for nothing? It is not yet a total loss, but it certainly will be if you keep this up. Answer this question. Does the God who lavishly provides you with his own presence, his Holy Spirit, working things in your lives you can never do for yourselves, does he do these things because of your strenuous moral striving or because you trust him to do them in you? Don't these things happen among you just as they happen with Abraham? He believed God, and that act of belief was turned into a life that was right with God. And what happened was, Paul started this church, and they started out in faith. Then someone else came after him and tried to put them back in the Mosaic law. Now they're trying to work things out for themselves. It's like, that's not necessary. What's necessary is you to continue in faith, believing what God has told us. Listen, God gave his very best when he gave Jesus. When Jesus came, he gave us the absolute best that he had. Jesus completed his work perfectly. It could not have been better. Now, why would God the Father 
give us his very best to have us settle for average, let alone for bad. Let me tell you, he would not do that. He gives us his very best. He wants to continue to provide those things for us. But we have to trust him. We have to believe him. The words that he tells us, we have to apply those things to our lives. We have to hear, listen to exactly what he's telling us to do, and then do it. Turn to Ephesians, chapter 3, verse 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. As I hear, as we hear, as you hear and do, that power, which is the Holy Spirit, is at work on the inside of you. and me, I must move by his voice and not but what I see. We hear to do, hear to do, hear to do. We don't hear to see to do, we hear to do. Well, it doesn't look like this is the proper time to do that, but God said do it, so I'm going to do it. Things aren't looking like they're working out. Doesn't matter. You're looking at the wrong thing. As a matter of fact, God showed it to me this way. It's almost as if you just close your eyes and you listen and you do. What if I bump into something? He loves you more than that. He's not going to let you bump into anything. You just close your eyes and you walk listening and doing exactly what he's telling you to do. It's like, but if I do that, I don't have control. Exactly. <laughs> if I do that, I have to hear from him. Exactly. If I do that, I have to put total trust in what he's telling me to do. Exactly. The Holy Spirit is leading me to an expected end. The best one possible for me. God has it all covered, so I don't feel the need to have to figure it out on my own. It may look like it's a less than ideal situation right now for whatever situation that you may be in. But understand this, God didn't want you to stay there. If you're in a situation that's like, well, that sounds good, Pastor Mike, but right now, I'm not seeing that victory. I'm not seeing that God has the best for me. It's less than ideal in the situation that I have. 
God's plan is not for you to stay there. God did not put you there to teach you a lesson. He did not make you sick so that you would be humble and listen to him. That's not his M.O. How many parents do we have in here? One of you raise your hand if you would break your son or daughter's leg to teach them a lesson. I don't want you running around that house, so I'm going to break your leg. Well, my mama broke my leg, so I stopped running around the house, and it taught me a great lesson. Yeah, it taught you a lesson that your mama crazy and that she need to be in jail. But the father gets that bad rap sometimes. He gave me cancer, so I would listen. If you just listen, <laughs> listen. I had to punch Pastor Benjamin in the face and have him listen. Hey, Pastor Benjamin, can you hear me? Say, yes. We can have a conversation just like that. Don't need to be any violence. And especially when it's coming from someone who claims they love you. That's not how love operates. And God wants us to know that. The disappointments that we have that comes in our lives that causes us to move away from trusting him, it's not because of him. It's not. A lot of times it comes from us listening to others who don't know him or don't know him like they should. God is saying, I trust. No, we should be saying that we trust God. Actually, God did put some trust in us. He's put the Holy Spirit on the inside. He's given us an assignment to do. He's equipped us to do it. And he believes, full confidence, that we can get it done. If he didn't, he wouldn't have given us the assignment. But he's telling us, you need to trust me. And in trusting, you build your confidence to actually do what he's telling you to do. Amen? Amen. Could you turn to Romans? Chapter 8, verses 25 through 32. It's in the King James Version. But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints, according to the will of God. And we know 
that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? He gave the best. And with giving that best, he'll continue to give us the best. But I love that part where it says, if God be for us. I got a million people against you, yeah, but I got God. Full-blown AIDS is in your body, yeah, but I got Jesus inside too. My kids are running rampant. Yes, but I trust God. It doesn't matter what it looks like. You can close your eyes. Hear God. And then do what he's telling us to do. It works, family. It works. The game of life is rigged in our favor. I'm in covenant relationship with God. He gives me every advantage. I don't have to play games of positioning myself in the natural, fighting others for position, or playing the games of how the world reacts. I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God, which gives me the advantage in the earth as long as I listen to hear and do. We have to believe. Have to believe what God is telling us. We have to do what he's telling us. And as we listen, hear, and do, we'll see exactly everything that he's promised us come to pass. Now, in doing so, and that's listening, hearing, and doing, God is going to tell us to speak because he spoke. What is he going to tell us to speak? Some of the things that he's sharing with us. And the reason why he's going to tell us to speak some of those things is, number one, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, Number two, 
people are going to serve notice on the things that you say. So as you're patiently waiting in expectations, they will either be patiently waiting in expectations with you or waiting for it not to happen so they can say, see, it didn't work. God told me something. I want you all to watch it happen. God told me that I will live to be at least 95 years old. At least. I know right now some people are saying he ain't telling him that. <laughs> Only thing you got to do is just watch. All you got to do is just watch. Some other people saying, what about Shalita? Shalita is my wife, for those of you all that don't know. And we had this conversation. I said, Shalita, her spirit's on. I'm going to live to be at least 95. She said, what about me? <laughs> I said, I want you to stick around, too. <laughs> but God will tell us to do these things. And he also told me, as many times as you get an opportunity to share this. So I'm sharing it. This is my opportunity. I'm sharing it. Now, I know there's some people who say, praise God. There's other people who say, dang, he's going to be around at least another 45 years. <laughs> <laughs> Some people say that's not going to happen. But there's one thing I know, time will definitely tell, <laughs> without a doubt. Definitely one is like, oh, he checked out tomorrow. Oh, that Negro was lying. <laughs> oh, he didn't hear right. But that's what he told me. And I believe it. And I'm saying it. To a congregation full of people because God also said things before they became manifested in the natural. Jesus also said things before they became manifested in the natural. And you know why he said those things? Because he wanted the people to see Okay, when it happens, they'll believe. Jesus did what I want to call a victory lap. If you would turn to John chapter 17 in the NIV. After this, I'm sorry, after Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this eternal life that they know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. 
I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. I have revealed you to those who you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I, have given, for I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They know with certainty that I come from you, and they believe that you sent me. I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me. For they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine. And glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world. I am not coming to you, and I am coming to you, Holy Father. Protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by that name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed for destruction so that scripture would be fulfilled. I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word and the world has hated them for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. Now, a couple of things are happening here. Number one, Jesus is saying he finished the work. Yet the work is not finished yet, but he's speaking of what's going to take place very soon. He's also talking about his disciples, what they will do. Haven't done it yet, but it will take place. And if we go on and read even further, he'll talk about how they take the message out and then believers from them, and he prayed for them also. And we are a part of that group. So he's speaking these things right there and right now, and the word has talked about him coming, him dying on the cross, all of those things before it actually manifested and took place. He's doing what is called, I want to call a victory lap. You know, when the battle is won or when the race is won or when the game is won, especially during a race. They run a race, they win the race, then they take a victory lap around the track. And sometimes if it's the Olympics or it's World Games, they'll have their flag on the show. They'll be raising it up like this. It's a victory lap because they have won the meet. Well, Jesus is taking this victory lap before everything is complete. Because as far as he's concerned, it is complete. And that kind of goes with the, 
what I just shared with you about me living to be 95, that's kind of going my victory lap. I'm telling you this now. At the tender age of 50. <laughs> tender age of 50. You're going to declare some things to people as God leads you. And they're going to be like, whoa. Some are going to believe you. Some of them are not. But one thing is definitely for sure you're going to have their attention. You're going to say, oh, okay. So where would you get that? Oh, God shared it with me. All right, let's see if it happens. Let's see if it happens. And then they see it happen. Oh, wow. Man, they said it was going to happen, and it happened. And you know what's going to happen? They're going to get encouraged. Believers are going to get encouraged who not necessarily believe in God for certain things. And then those who are not believers, they might say, oh, it was that one time. But then they'll probably ask you, is there anything else that will happen in your life? And then you share that. And then they see that come to pass. And that will open the door for them to believe. Because God is at work. He's at work with a purpose, with a purpose. At the end of the day, God wants the best for all of his people. He's given the best. He wants the best for us. I'll end with this. As soon as I find it. Jeremiah 29 verses 11 through 13 in the New International Version. For I, know the for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Amen. I want you to check this out. We're talking about heroes, and we're going to leave you with this word right here. Did you guys, did you guys get anything out of what we talked about today? Give God some praise for that. I want to send you home with this. When we're talking about hearing and doing, people often know, want to know, how do I know I'm hearing from God? As a believer, how do I know I'm hearing from him? Here are some quick tips for you to leave with to know that you're hearing from God. Number one, it will always line up with scripture and God's character. If it doesn't line up with scripture, if it, doesn't line, if it does not line up with his character, it's not God. What are some examples of things that should line up with God's character? Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16 through 19 in the Message Bible says, Here are six things God hates, and one more that he loathes with a passion. Eyes that are arrogant, a tongue that lies, hands that murder the innocent, a heart that hatches evil plots, 
feet that run that ran down the wicked a wicked track, a mouth that lies under oath, a troublemaker in the family. Come on, that'll preach by itself. God does not like that. It won't line up. If it doesn't line up with God or scripture, it's not God. The next one, it would please God. What pleases God? Expressions of love for him and expressions of love for others. Matthew 22 reads like this, verse 36 through 40. They asked Jesus, say, hey, which is the greatest commandment of the law? Jesus said that thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. The next thing, it will draw you closer to God, not farther away. It will draw you closer to him and never forget one more thing that I got to tell you. I want your attention. You got me? You got me locked in? Yes. Never forget this. As believers, sometimes we master in thinking that when we hear from God, it's got to be this massive thing. We think that it's got to be massive. But in hearing from God, what you are listening for is his voice, not his vocal delivery. It's not the way he delivers the message, but it's the message. See, sometimes think, people think that it's the move of the spirit if God asks me to start this global organization or if God wants me to start this massive business that reaches thousands and thousands of people. That can be God, but that's not necessarily got to be God that way. If it's God, then I got to be able to need to put my super, God super on my natural. You've heard that. If God don't have to put his super on your natural, it's not God. That's not always true. When you convince yourself that God has to speak to you in a large way, you bypass the majority of his requests. When you think God has to be largely speaking, you become deaf to most of what he's asking you to do. You block him out. You just become deaf to his words because you want him to tell you some big thing when all the time he's telling you in a small, small voice. What do you mean by that, pastor? Well, I mean it this way. There are times that God will tell you things that are oh so simple. They're big and necessary. But if you're not paying attention, if you're looking for the big thing, you will go right past it. In first Kings, there is an account when Elijah was asking God, looking for God. And it says that there was a great and powerful shattering of rocks, but God wasn't in that. It said there was a wind like an earthquake, but God wasn't in that. Then it said, after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord wasn't in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And that gentle whisper was God. What am I telling you, family? When you wait for God to give you the high profile thing, 
you missed the important thing. What are the important requests? Important requests like go apologize to your son. Take the afternoon off and spend it with your wife. Give $10 to that homeless woman on the corner. Pay for that family's groceries that's in line in front of you. Bake a cake for your friend. Tell your boss that he or she is doing a good job. Treat yourself to a gift today. All of those is God speaking. And we need to be sensitive to it. We are the vessels of God on this earth. God works through his vessels to get things done. Therefore, everybody on earth benefits when we hear and we do. Say this with me. I am a hero. I am a hero. And, I am and I am driving the rationale, driving the rationale in my everyday ordinary life, everyday ordinary life to, be, to be I hear. And I, and I do. Talk to y'all next week. Let's pray. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you. If you would like to help us further expand the vision, simply text the word GIVERTM to the number 41444 or visit us online at www.revealingtruth.org. Now remember, Jesus loves you.